Welcome to the High Adventure Scouting Podcast. This is the source for all things high adventure for scouts, scouters, and anyone else interested in promoting high adventure trips for our youth. You can find all kinds of great high adventure options for your scouts at highadventurescouting.com. We are constantly updating the list of cool trips, and we want your input on your best trip. Welcome, High Adventure Enthusiasts. We are excited, as always, to highlight a High Adventure base on this edition of the High Adventure Scouting Podcast. Today, we're joined by Alan Percy from Birchbark Expeditions, and, and they are with the Greater Niagara Frontier Council. Now, we're going to discuss Birchbark Expeditions today and everything associated with that. So, Alan, thanks for joining us today on the High Adventure Scouting Podcast. I'm so happy to be here and really appreciate the invitation. No problem. I I can't wait to hear about it, as always. So uh, the purpose of this podcast is to give the listeners a little more information about your program offerings. And I'm sure many outside of the regional area may not know much about your program. So why don't you just give me a kind of a 30,000 foot view of what Birchbark does, and we'll just drill down and you can kind of tell me about the programs and and, uh, what you guys have done for... uh, Sure. Yep. Happy to do that. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, in a nutshell, the uh, program was born out of a high adventure canoeing program that we, the council had been operating up in uh, Ontario in Canada. Uh, and what it really is about is providing a high adventure, a week long high adventure program for that does canoe tripping in as wild a place as we possibly can and to take scouts and take all those skills that they've learned and take them off to uh you know parts afar and give them a a true wilderness experience uh it really fits in between a lot of the other high adventure programs which works out really really well and um in the sense that it's a week long it's you know for much of western new york ohio Michigan, uh, these areas, it's um, Pennsylvania and other areas. It's a, you know, about a one day drive, six, seven hour drive. So it's much more cost effective than some of the you know, larger high adventure bases. And it's also kind of a stepping stone. Um, it, you know, we, we promote it within our council as being a stepping stone toward Philmont or, or to the summit or, you know, other high adventure programs, because we teach a lot of the same skills, right? There's, you know, hanging bear bags, there's how to set up camp, there's, um, you know, those kinds of skills that we teach. It's a 100% volunteer run, which is unusual, and um, we're a, a very portable program. We don't have our own fixed base. We operate out of a, a number of trailers. And with that, we have tremendous flexibility, which is coming really handy lately. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll bet. Yep. <clears throat> well, what's the, uh, I, I know you don't have a fixed base, but kind of give me an idea of what a, a troop leader would expect. I mean, is this, sure. you know, obviously, do you have one one fixed area for the summer or does it change each summer? Or how does that, how does that work? Because this is a new concept to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious myself. So. Yeah, no, that's a great, great question. So um, the typical year is um, we would operate out of uh, Algonquin Provincial Park, which is, um, like I said, about six hours straight north of Buffalo, um, about the same from Michigan. 
And uh, Algonquin Park is a, you know, is a massive piece of property that the provincial park has um, set, as, the province has set apart to be a park and um, has, you know, hundreds of lakes and creeks and streams, and it's pretty wild. Uh, it's um, not quite alpine, but it's northern shield, which is um, a lot of rocks, um, large rocks, you know, really poor soil for farming, but great, great soil for forestry. And um, how we operate the program is we have um, a number of canoe trailers and an equipment trailer. And we set up, uh, when we go up to uh, Algonquin, we set up in a, um, like a group campsite. We rent a, a large group campsite for the summer. And then um, when crews design their trek um, over the winter, what we do then is, um, you know, we, we set them up with some training. The first day when they get there, we practice some canoe or canoe rescue these kinds of skills. And then on Monday, we take them out to their put-in wherever they've desi designed their truck to go. And then they spend Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and uh, part of Friday on their backcountry trek. And a lot of crews try to design a 50-mile trek. Sometimes it's an out and back. Sometimes it's a loop. Sometimes it's uh, like a horseshoe starting one place in the park and ending someplace else. And our logistics... Um, our volunteer staff manage all the logistics. You know, we drop off a, tr a, uh, a crew and then we go pick them up from the, wherever their takeout is at the end of the week. Uh, and we, of course, we remotely supervise it. We have, uh, now we have satellite communications with the crews and so we can keep an eye on them, um, you know, which has been really a nice addition uh, remotely. And um, the benefit of, of the program, as I mentioned earlier, is that it's, because it's volunteer run, it's very cost effective. We charge $450 a person. And this, like I said, fits in price-wise. It's, it's, it's usually about the same price as going to summer camp, but it's a whole lot less than buying plane tickets to go, to, um, to go all the way down to New Mexico, for example. And uh, one of the other benefits of being a canoe trucking experience is, is there's a lot less carrying things. <laughs> there isn't a backpacking trip. <laughs> But you still, if you depend on your truck, you still do quite a bit of portaging. So it's it's a physical and mental challenge for for scouts, and it's you know, we found it to be just about right. And uh, you know, I personally participated and just fell in love with it. Well, as you're talking, I'm writing notes down because this is this seems like a hybrid between a typical uh, council, you know, run type high adventure program. And a an individual uh, unit uh, setup program, so it's it seems like a, a little bit of both of that. So that's this is very interesting to me. So, um, what uh, is there a a maximum uh, crew size that you would see at Algonquin uh, right sure. now? Yep, yep. So we um, we do divide. You know, if we if a unit comes to us with twenty people, we have to, of course have to divide them up into crews. Uh, and um, one of the limitations in Algonquin we have is that we we have a maximum of nine people on a campsite every night per campsite, uh, and that would be usually six youth, two adults from the you know from the unit, and then one guide would be with them for the whole week. And that gets you to nine. And if a, if a troop would like to do multiple crews, we divide them, you know, up into smaller crews. And this also has the benefits not only of um, 
you know, keeping the campsite size reasonable, but it also gives more leadership opportunities because there's one crew leader per crew and there's one quartermaster and, and one first aid officer and these kinds of things within the crew. So it gives, you know, a, a real good opportunity for youth to step up and have a leadership role during that whole week. Uh, and um, on top of that, you know, usually we, we find crews, that, or, I'm sorry, units that would come and break up in crews. One crew might go on a more aggressive, more difficult track than another crew. Uh, and their sister crew might do something less aggressive. Uh, they might design it so that they cross paths sometime during the week. Uh, that's a great way to kind of have something to look forward to on Wednesday as if they, they cross each other. Uh, others do sister crews, where they literally go the same track, um, they, and they do it on the same direction, and um, kind of leapfrog each other as they go along. Others sometimes do it opposite of each other, again cross paths. So um, it's a really, you know, it's a flexible program, and it and it really gives that unique experience uh, by um, spending a week in the woods. We all know the major high adventure bases around the country and they offer some awesome programs. Have you been searching for a cool alternative from your typical high adventure trip? As a scout leader, I want to give our scouts some great alternatives. You need to check out highadventurescouting.com. You'll find information on over 30 different council high adventure bases in 24 states. Maybe you're looking for a do-it-yourself option and need some ideas. Maybe you've taken a great trip and you want to share your good fortune with your fellow scouts and scouters. Just send us the details and we'll publish your trip. Whatever your interest, highadventurescouting.com is the one-stop shop for all things high adventure. That's highadventurescouting.com. Exactly. And those leaders that are listening that are used to, say, the Boundary Waters, uh, that's nine people. That's the same kind kind of setup. And you answer one of my questions, whether there was a guide that goes along or it's a, uh, you, uh, you kind of do it yourself. So that's, that, that answers my question. Um, as far as planning a trip like this, it sounds like once the units sign up, uh, decide to come, you guys will work with them on, all right, here's, here's the possibilities. Uh, and do you let them design their own with your input or how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. So just quick overview of what training is included. Um, we generally uh, try to get people to sign up in the December, early January timeframe. That's usually when, when troops make their decisions about what to do for the upcoming summer. Uh, and we have a meeting in, in late January and we do typically hybrid. We're doing, you know, a, a physical meeting with a Zoom call going on at the same time. And that we cover a lot of, the, I'll call it just the paperwork, right? It's how is your crew organized? What kind of positions do you need? How do you decide on a route? How, do, how, is, the, how is the menu designed? Uh, these kinds of things. We kind of give them an overview of everything that they need to do between now and when they put in, the, um, in uh, July. And then uh, we have a second meeting in February, which is which is a little more youth focused. What we're going to do is we're going to give them all the materials that they need to plan a trek. Um, actually, we usually give them on the, that on the first meeting, and then we sit with them and help them design their trek. And we have some guidebooks that 
have maybe some examples that they could follow and they could just pick one out of the guidebook if they like but we usually encourage them to you know customize it a little bit it's you know you one of the beauties of these kinds of experiences is that you can go virtually anywhere in the park um, we, the only thing we ask is you come out on friday that's <laughs> but um yeah, so they, they can design their own track. And um, one of the benefits of that is that then it really truly is the youth's decision. And they have to then live with the, you know, the impact of that. If they choose something that's really hard and it's tough going on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday on their track, they chose it, right? Or if, if it's, um, you know, too easy, again, they chose it. And you like to say it's you know this is this is the boys track you know the adults need to advise them but step back and let them make the choices as they go so that's that's basically the that um the selection of the track the uh, you know the other training that we give them is you know a lot of the backcountry skills necessary to be able to run uh, a canoeing expedition for a week there's like you know there's it's it's different than you would have in for example philmont um there's um you know, you have the ability of carrying a little bit more and weight. Um, so there are some fresh food that you can bring in your truck and that we supply all that. Um, we, um, we provide, you know, of course, dehydrated for the most of the entrees in, mm-hmm. in the back country. And um, again, the youth choose all this. And that's what happens in that February meeting. They design a menu. And they make the choices what food they would like to eat. If they choose to eat mac and cheese for a whole week, they got to deal with it. <laughs> the adults may not like it, but yeah. I don't know. I could probably eat mac and cheese for a few days. I, I would not want to do that on a Philmont track. I can tell you that. That would uh, that would be uh, 12 days would be too long. Uh, five, yeah. that, that, that might be okay. Yep, so. yep. Now that, that kind of leads me into you talking about the food that you guys supply the food based on their menu and what they want. Um, what else do units need to bring with them? You know, the, you know, this, uh, yep. no, it's a great question. And tents yep, and great. those kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, um, we do outfit units with, uh, all the crew equipment. So, um, a complete kitchen, uh, stoves, we use Kelly kettles for, you know, heating water. Um, uh, you know, dining rain fly for, for camp, um, all the packs that they would need to carry all this equipment, provide them with tents. We have two, uh, quite a collection of two-man and four-man tents, and they can use our tents if they like. Uh, and then all the bear bag equipment, all the safety equipment we talked about. We have a crew first aid kit that the guide will bring along, and again, you know, satellite communicator. So they're pretty well equipped from a provisioning standpoint. Um, the only thing that individuals need to bring is a, you know, is a list of personalized items that we provide, but it really boils down to the usual camping gear, right? Sleeping bag, um, a, a single change of clothes in the back country. Um, we try to discourage bringing too much because we can actually do laundry in the back country. Uh, that's mm-hmm. one of the skills we'll teach. Uh, and, um, also, some you know a dry bag to keep their uh, keep their equipment. Uh, I'm sorry, their own clothes dry. And um, other than that, small couple other small things that we ask them to bring. So it's it's pretty turnkey, uh, and it's not expensive, right? We don't ask them to buy 
$150 backpacks or anything like that. It's just a dry bag, a 20 liter dry bag is what we asked them to bring. Right. Right. So <clears throat> that sounds pretty typical for most of the uh, canoe trips, you know, you yep. need the, need the, uh, the dry bag and, and everything else kind of goes along with it. So that's, yep. uh, that, that's good to know. You know, the equipment thing is something that I always look at. All right. What's, what's included? What do we have to bring? Uh, not all units have everything. And, uh, the, uh, and, and you're talking about washing clothes in the back country. I, I, I figured out how to do that with our Philmont crew as we use very, very large, like two gallon bags and some detergent. Uh, actually, yeah, soap, so, uh, actually it was the suds that they were gay gave us. Uh, and that's what we used to wash our clothes. So. Yeah, that's <laughs> same that's procedure. The okay. only difference is we have a lot more water. That's, that's oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, yeah. we made sure we were in a, uh, uh, staff camp to do that, but, uh, yep. we did not u- uh, do any, uh, laundry when we were on in the boundary water. So if I went back, I could probably use those skills now, uh, to do that again. So it, uh, Right. So it sounds like we're on the same uh, uh, same trek uh, area. So, um, as far as uh, uh, I'm sure, most of the scouts and, and leaders come from the you know the geography around your area. Do you have any units that come from you know far away that, that you've seen? You know, it, um, the, one interesting little thing about these, you would think that we, you know, the majority of our treks, of course, are, are from, you know, the Western New York, New York State, Pennsylvania. But we have some real surprises now and then. And one of them is we have uh, a group, a troop that comes up every other year from Louisiana. Yeah. And they uh, have a big 15-passenger van, and they, they turn up every other year, which is a wonderful treat. We've had them from Carolinas and Virginia. Uh, this last summer, we had quite a crew come up from Baltimore, Maryland, actually of all young ladies, of one of the newer mm-hmm. all-girl troops, <clears throat> right. which has been a, was a real treat. And we had to make a few adjustments to the program to handle uh, just the young ladies. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's been... We, we usually get a couple of crews every summer from parts afar, and it's a real treat to um, get to know folks from outside the area and com- kind of compare notes, uh, as scout leaders do, um, learn about each other's you know local area and all. So we, lo- we love it and love having them come. Well, that's awesome. Now, now do you have just troops come, or do you have crew, uh, venturing crews come up that direction, or...? Oh yeah, yeah. We yeah. have uh, okay. venturing crews, and um, I think we had once we had an explorer post come along. So that that's yep. unusual. They're they're yeah. they're usually a little more occupational. So that's that's cool. That's yep. cool. Now you talked about kind of signups. Uh, you know, most of the time December January. Uh, that's that's plenty of time to kind of get a spot and and those kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what we do is we, um, on our website, and um, WNY, which is Western New York Scouting.org slash Birchbark, we have a chart and we publish what's available. Um, you know, an empty square means it's available. And then as troops register or request a reservation on that website, what we do is we pencil them in, right? We put them on the chart and then um, we ask them to make a deposit to, to secure the spot. Mm-hmm. And that's generally the easiest way. Um, people can see what's available. They can work with a, you know, with a youth to pick a week that works for everybody. You can always competing school 
sports, you know, a lot of other things usually going on. And then uh, based on that, then they lock in and uh, then they're on their way. And at that point, um, you know, there's payments. We ask them to make um, at least three payments along the way so that they're fully paid up by June 1st. Right. Well, for $450 is pretty, uh, pretty good for any program. I mean, you mentioned that's, that's getting fairly close to summer camp charges in most councils. Uh, not quite, but it's a different program. And uh, I'm assuming that uh, the kind of the age range is typical high adventure, you know, 14 or uh, 13 and finish eighth grade kind of thing. Or do you have a different, uh, different age range that you guys look at? Yeah, no, we follow BSA rules, which is okay. they have to be 13 by uh, September 1st. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, there's, we, we have a lot of people sort of worry about, well, you know, my son or daughter's not very strong and at 13, most aren't right. And how are we going to carry the canoe and et cetera. It's like, well, remember there in a crew of nine, there's three canoes. We, you know, we do three people in a tripping Mm -hmm. canoe. It's a big tripping canoes that we've sent them out with. And, um, with two adults plus the guy, there's always somebody strong enough to carry the canoes. And if the Actually, youth want to give it a try, they're more than welcome, and, and we happen to share the load. The, the canoes we had at the Boundary Waters were actually uh, the lightest thing. Uh, I think the food bags were the heaviest. So, yeah, uh, as idiot adults like we were, we we carried all the heavy stuff, and and our uh, our boys decided that uh, yeah, I'll, I'll carry the canoe. And the last day we. I, 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 my son let me carry the canoe and I thought, you've been, you've been scamming us, son. I mean, this, <laughs> this is light. This is one of the, yeah. the, uh, Kevlar, Kevlar canoes. Yeah. The, uh, the lighter canoes. So I thought, yeah. great. Thanks, son. He, he was a lot smarter than I thought he was. <laughs> right, right. Right. So, so what have I left out? I just kind of covered the real general stuff that, that leaders, uh, like myself will be interested in for a program like this. So, what kind of things have I left out and, and what would you like to kind of talk about? Yeah, well, um, I, I would probably, the, if I was going to add anything from what we've already spoken about is um, the, the importance of understanding that this really is, you know, the youth's experience. Um, and if you, maybe what we're going to you know, suggest people do is, is, you know, pull out a map, you know, pull out a map of uh, Algonquin, you'll see how huge that is. Uh, and uh, in the meantime, you know, give some consideration to that. Um, you know, this year in 2021, we're gonna we're temporarily relocated to the Adirondacks and, and similarly pull out a map and look at the scope and the size of the Adirondacks. And you see, there's just some amazing places that you can go. And I would encourage uh, the, you know, the units that take, you know, give it a shot. It's, um, it's a great experience. And I really fell in love with, like I said, with my boys and it really made a difference for them. Perfect. Well, Alan, I want to thank you for joining us today. Hey, appreciate it. And, and again, anyone has any questions or thoughts, just uh, wnyscouting.org slash birchbark is the place to see all the answers. Uh, well, I, I want to thank Alan Percy from Birchbark Expeditions for joining us today. As he mentioned, you can get more information on their programs at wnyscouting.org slash birchbark. 
That's wnyscouting.org slash birchbark. Thanks for joining us today. And remember to tell your friends about this podcast. You can find us online at highadventurescouting.com, on Facebook or Instagram. If you have any questions or ideas for future podcasts, just email us at info at highadventurescouting.com. This podcast and website are independent and not affiliated with any youth organization. Happy High Adventure! This has been a production of High Adventure Resources.